Hello everyone, welcome back to TEDx Ohio State University's Connected. I'm Allie Kendall, Outreach Member. And I'm Lindsay Woodruff, an Outreach Member. Joining us today, we have Luke Howard, the founder of the Bee Collective here in Columbus, Ohio. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Happy to be here. So Luke, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your upbringing? Um, yeah, so while I'm in Columbus, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio is, is not my home. Um, I grew up mostly right outside Washington, D.C. in a place called Catawba, Maryland. And um, what I do now with the Bee Collective has not too much with how I was uh, brought up. I, I was brought up in a um, kind of suburban place in Maryland. And uh, while I did grow up pretty much near a farm and I got a lot of farm experience, uh, farming wasn't really in my background or um, any sort of, that wasn't really on my, on my mindset. I came here at Ohio State to play lacrosse and uh, found the ways to the bees af way after that. So um, my upbringing has very little to do actually with what I do currently. Um, so what exactly does the Bee Collective do and how did you kind of get involved since that wasn't really what you started with? So Ohio State here, this is, I found kind of what I wanted to do from going to school here. So we have the EADS program, which is Environmental Economics Development and Sustainability here at Ohio State. And from that, I found sustainable agriculture to be sort of the most interesting component. And again, not having an ag background, I didn't know where to start for someone that didn't know pretty much anything, right? And so for me, uh, I always call it kind of the easiest way I could get in was becoming a beekeeper, let the, the bees be my teacher a little bit. Um, the cost of like two hives to start up your own first little apiary is about $1,000. So in terms of getting into farming, that's a, a relatively affordable way to do so. And so uh, bees, were, bees were an easy way for a college student to start caring. Uh, and then also a big component of that is, which I think we'll chat about, which is the pollination equation in which bees are a keystone species in our, our society, right? They're really important for pollination, for our food systems. And so for someone interested in sustainable agriculture, didn't know where to go, a logical place was to start with the bees. So you mentioned the pollination equation and that's the Bee Collective's mission. Can you kind of explain what that is a little bit more? Yeah, so the Bee Collective's mission is uh, to create more pollinator habitat for the city of Columbus and um, to provide enthusiastic environmental education for the city. So I think we do that and one of the ways is with that pollination equation. So what the pollination equation is, is flowers plus pollinators equals food. And through that, we need to create more pollinator habitat. Um, our cities, basically in most places of our cities, whether it via, be via concrete or grass, uh, creates essentially a desert scape for our, our native pollinators. And we need them to, from local gardeners to just enjoying flowers, um, to being a part of the plant that we live in and not separate from so in our cities. And so I think that's really important and that's a huge component of what the pollination equation is. And um, it also is a really simple and concise way to then talk about why bees are important. It's like, hey, we got flowers, flowers need pollination, and then that creates food. So you can create an entire framework of discussion around the pollination equation while also living by it, by planting pollinator gardens throughout the cities in vacant lots, shared land, um, community gardens, things like that. So how does the Bee Collective help the city of Columbus? Like, do you collaborate with businesses or local farms? Like, do you work with other people in Columbus or is this more a individual thing? So 
in a lot of ways, we, we do a lot of things, I would say. And in a lot of ways, we are still finding ourselves of, of the perfect way to go. Um, and because of that, got a lot of different hands all over the place. Um, but some of the current ways how we're doing it, uh, we are planting pollinator gardens. So those are called wild spots. And um, those are just pollinator micro prairies throughout the city uh, that are, are providing part of our mission, which is plant gardens. And I think that that provides a, a huge benefit to um, our city for beautification purposes and for um, providing pollinators. And that's an indirect way in which we can work with pollen. Um, it can benefit the city because all of our local gardeners and all of our, our neighbors and everyone with backyard um, micro farms or whatever you would like to call them, they get to benefit from these micro prairies. Um, and then we also do collaborate with, with businesses. So we do a variety of things. One, we just did a, a beer launch with Land Grant to help, help put out the mission and, and um, provide a really cool honey beer for, for the city. So like, you know, not everything has to be like save the world type of stuff. Sometimes we can just have fun, have some good beers and stuff like that. Um, the Bee Collective is located in Franklinton, so that's kind of the city's art district right now, or at least a really big moving um, part of our arts district. And we do a lot of collaboration with um, uh, that part of our neighborhood too. That's where Land Grant Brewery is um, our next door neighbor, Strongwater, we do a cocktail with. Again, that just helps kind of get the word out in a, in a really simple, easy way. We work with uh, the Crest 2, they just had a dessert with us, again, called the Bee's Knees and saying it supports this pollinator initiative. So even from the most basic of, of getting it on people's menus that the cities around, or the, sorry, the restaurants around this city are helping support native pollinators, it's on menus, um, it's, it's a conversation they can have with the, uh, with the staff or with, with a server there. So <clears throat> those are some really small ways. And then um, the Bee Collective also has uh, both native pollinator houses on different community, um, like community garden spaces, and then also honeybees in community garden spaces. And again, those are places in which we um, are supporting pollinators and also providing education around pollinators at these these places because that's another big thing that uh, the bee collective does is that education component that we just haven't really gotten too much into yet um, we do a lot with with those kind of spaces so we can definitely talk about that more if you guys would like about um, the education that we provide on both a informal and a relatively more formal level yeah so you mentioned wild spots earlier um, can you explain a little bit more about those and if you have any upcoming plans for more Yes, so um, a wild spot is a micro prairie, um, basically attempting to convert a lot of the vacant, vacant land that we have around here um, into uh, pollinator gardens. And a big key with that is that we plant native pollinator plants. So uh, when we talk about uh, how do we do good things, what is a good deed versus an intended good deed, something like that. Uh, with the pollinator gardens, we have uh, the goal is to plant native get strong native native plants. These are plants that you can't necessarily just go pick up at like a Lowe's or a big box store type of um, nursery or something like that. Um, planting our native plants to support our native pollinators in these little micro prairies and reducing that desert desertification of our cities. And with that goal, the wild spots, um, have you guys heard of hope spots before? No. no. 
So Hope Spots are really cool. Uh, yes. Okay. So um, Dr. Sil Sylvia Earle, she is uh, queen bee, awesome, fantastic human. Um, she's like 78 now. And she was like one of the first marine biologists, uh, a female marine biologist to actually like go um, deep sea, like uh, scavenging, um, like actually go snorkeling, um, scuba diving, all that with like the big uh, excavations and, and those types of things. And so she is super awesome. And she, with a couple other people I forget now, um, created Hope Spots. And those are basically... Um, sections of the ocean that have been reserved and uh, basically protected. Um, and that is because of the amount of, like, right, she's like 78, 80, somewhere in, in that range. She's been doing this for a long time, and so she just saw the amount of trash that was going to the ocean, the, the loss of, ha of um, animals and, and fish and different things like that in the ocean, too. She's seen that in her lifespan, and so she wanted to attempt to create these hope spots. That's essentially... Uh, I think that's that's the easiest way where I could describe and, and um, show something similar with a wild spot. Let's plant a uh, pollinator garden in, in, in the city and all throughout the city and help inspire others to do so. Um, because with that desertification, uh, basically we need everyone to be planting pollinator plants everywhere, like in strips, in back alleyways, in... Um, right in uh, pots, like wherever you can just plant native plants, we need them to do so. And these wild spots are hopefully beacons for others to do the same thing or collect seed for the same purpose. Gotcha, very cool. Um, so with winter kind of being a bit of a off season for bees, if you will, um, how does this affect the events that the Bee Collective puts on and sort of what you guys work on? Um, yeah, so the off season, um, I like working in that type of, of uh, agricultural system where you do have like on seasons, off seasons and stuff like that. I like working um, with the environment more. And right now the Bee Collective is only an outdoor venue space. Um, and then when we go and we do uh, different talks to whether it be schools or businesses or corporations or things like that, um, then that's also usually we're bringing bees or something around that. So. Uh, in the off seasons, a lot of planning um, and, and setting up and figuring out what, what new types of things will happen. So events are pretty much non-existent during the winter, <clears throat> all setting up for what can happen next year. Uh, the only events that we will be doing are um, full-time beekeeping courses. So those that want to become beekeepers, uh, we create curriculum around showing them how to be a beekeeper. Same thing you can do at like a beekeepers association, just providing my own version of it. Um, which I think tailors a little bit more towards uh, urban beekeepers, since that is uh, the Bee Collective has um, like around 20 hives in seven different locations throughout the city, so all all spread out and on rooftops and backyards and gardens and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so um, you had mentioned the education before. So is that a way that our listeners can get involved or connected, or do you have any events that they can attend? And also, do you sell any products? Um, Yes, yes, and yes. So, <laughs> uh, and also with a touch of note, right? Um, so a lot of the education that we do is going to different schools, um, kids camps, things like that. I love going to those places, educating uh, the younger kids, the youth of our, of our uh, society, and uh, teaching them. And so that's a whole bunch of curriculum where um, I guess 
listeners can be, get involved if they are. They run their own nonprofit or they work with a nonprofit, volunteer at a nonprofit, uh, work at a school, and they want to bring bees into the school in a really nice curriculum around things like the pollination equation and get kids to engage that way. That would be one way. Um, but the way that I really like for generally young professional type of age, um, but it's, it's really open to anyone, is our events um, that we have throughout the, the spring, summer, and fall, which we call wild night events. Um, you know, keep the thing wild spots, wild nights. And those are essentially two-tiered events. There is, uh, they're part music, part uh, speaker education. And so we pull a lot of um, speakers from Ohio, Ohio State and other schools, um, other universities around here to get speakers talking about ecology. Um, we do that in collaboration, some of those events in collaboration with uh, Ecology on Tap, which again is PhD students from Ohio State presenting on essentially what their thesis is about and stuff like that. So, um, and that was a, a way, that's one of the informal ways of let's bring some music, bring some drinks, have some fun, um, while also providing a little bit of education and, a, and attempt to create a community of finding like-minded individuals they want to have a nice time, but also aren't afraid to nerd out a little bit um, on a Friday, Saturday, Thursday night, something like that. Um, and then, yes, we also do sell um, merch and other products. One of the products that has is my favorite product, but um, struggled during uh, COVID time, so we're just finally getting the material and the wood back for it, is the native bee boxes. So, right, everyone always asks, how do you become, how, how do I support the bees the best way? Do I become a beekeeper? My answer is generally no. Um, please don't become a beekeeper. I love for more people to become beekeepers, but if you don't have a passion for being a beekeeper, it's not going to go super well, and it's usually going to take more time um, than we thought. Just like everyone's sourdough started that they started, right, during COVID times. <laughs> it kind of goes like that. So, um but the, these native bee boxes, you know, they're, mine is nothing special from what you can buy elsewhere um, in that sense. There are other ones out there, but the one that, that we make a, looks pretty nice and then um, also uh, has been tested by like ecologists of saying, hey, this is a good box to have. And, and you just kind of stick it outside and you hope that native pollinators get in there. You have the tubes that you change out. And so there's more of that on the website, but that's one of our big products um, that we, we make and sell to support the native bees. Um, other than just planting gardens, that's a good way to do so. So what is kind of next for the Bee Collective looking ahead? Um, I think one of the, there's two big nexts I would say. One is get better and better at what we're currently doing. Um, you know, got started in 2020, uh, so uh, officially got started in 2020, right? Nice and nice in the, the pre-pandemic um, phase, officially formed uh, the Bee Collective in February of that year. So um, it's been a little crazy and hectic over the two years. So we just want to get better. We want our, our gardens to be better, um, to make sure that those are really successful native plants and stuff like that, make sure our events are better, and then just do more and more of that, so more education more events, more ways for listeners to, to get involved. And so like if we had this um, same chat next year, right, instead of just like a couple of these offerings that we've mentioned, there's just, it's a more robust and filled out curriculum of the exact same type of stuff. So that's both, uh, right, that is, next is just being better at what we currently do and then um, slowly improving that 
connecting with the community more um, and, and just creating a bigger voice for the bees. Well, it's very exciting. Um, thank you, Luke, so much for being with us today. Um, we appreciate all the knowledge that you have to share. Well, thank you for having me.